Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Sometimes the most impactful people in music we don't hear, we don't see. Sometimes these are people that are behind the scenes. And there are people who we don't know their names, but they're creating massive amounts of impact in the world of music, in the world at large. And they're pushing causes and they're pushing things that affects all of us. And today's guest, ladies and gentlemen, is just one of these people, Emily White. Emily White, she has been featured recently in a whole bunch of publications for her contributions to the music industry, including Polestar and a whole bunch of others. One of the most influential women in the music industry. A leader in so many ways. Number one Amazon best-selling author. She's the founding partner of Collective Entertainment, where she manages a group of unique artists. And she was the founder of the I Boated Music Festival, which was just recently the largest digital concert in history for the elections. And she's doing it again for the Georgia runoff elections in January 5th. She's the author of How to Build a Sustainable Music Career, as well as Interning 101. And she is all about the fellow human being, equality, connection, growth. You know, she serves on the boards of well-known uh, nonprofits, the, the David Lynch Foundation. Um, she even actually created that model that Radiohead kind of eventually used for In Rainbows, where you name your own price. So she's been doing this for a long time. I'm doing this for a long time. She's been having a lot of impact, make sure that artists get paid, that people are not being uh, taken advantage of, which happens a lot. So she is, uh, she's a hero. Honestly, she's a very special person and we're so honored and blessed to have her talk to us today on the show. We hope that you guys check her out online, Emily White, follow her on, the, on her social media platforms, see what she's about, support her causes, the I Voted Music Festival in Georgia. It doesn't require your money, it just requires your consciousness. So it's a very special thing that she's doing. So without further ado, guys, we welcome you to the show. My name is Jamie Rodriguez and... This is the one and only Emily White on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Hey. How are you, Emily White? I'm a few minutes late. No worries. How are you today? I'm, I'm well. How are you? You know what? I'm so so happy to have you, Emily, because like you, I, I think you have to be one of the busiest women in music business this year. I just, busy. yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, exactly. I feel like there should be an award. So I feel the fact that you carved some time for us is so grateful. Thank you, Emily. Makeup list time. I ran out of time to do that and I didn't meditate before, but I know we can rock it regardless. Oh, this is amazing. Good for you. Look, not meditated and you look more relaxed than all of us. That's the level you're in. Awesome. Yes. So, Emily, you know, obviously, you know, you were with us last week really quickly or two weeks ago for Election Day, but we're so happy to have you now and talk about you. 
you're a leader in so many ways. Number one, Amazon best-selling author, founding partner of Collective Entertainment, you know, where you, ma where you manage a plethora of amazing artists, and the founder of I Voted Festival, which was just the largest digital concert in history. So not too shabby. <laughs> Thank you. And there's a rumor on the street, you know, it's it's just a rumor there on the street that you're gearing up the wheels again for the Georgia election. In Where did you hear that rumor? I, it's, I, it's, you know, it's on the streets of Miami, people whispering. That's amazing. Um, yeah, breaking news. Um, we are gathering uh, the troops to do uh, I Voted Georgia. Um, yeah, we're really excited. Uh, I mean, on one hand, like we're exhausted. <laughs> yeah. um, and we're not funded. So please go to ivotedconcerts.com. Our, our team is um, over 92% women, people of color and LBGTQ plus. Um, to be totally honest, that was like, my hesitation was that we're all volunteers. And yeah. I, I didn't just wanna be the group of women and people of color that are always working for free to make an awesome event happen. But I have all these incredible world-class motivated volunteers nipping at my heels like puppy dogs wanting to do it. So how can That's I turn great. that back? So I, I'm super inspired. We've act, we actually had some funding come in last night. I think there's That's something great. like emotional, like a, about like people funding us this time. Well, they saw what we can do, but also it's like, I think when we're trying to fundraise, you know, for our event. And I'm saying that's people in 2019 for 2020, or I'm saying it in 2020, November sounds really far. But now when I'm saying, even though January does sound far, it's just like, we've got a month to produce, you know. Oh no, that's right on the, with the holidays, that's tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. So um, on one hand, it's definitely work, but like I said, on the other, we've built the infrastructure and the team. So we just got to turn the key and, and make it happen. Absolutely, absolutely. So obviously, you, you know, you're the author of How to Build a Sustainable Music Career and Collect All Revenue Streams, as well as Interning 101. The former is the number one best-selling book. But Emily, I want you to relax a little bit because you have this corporate, no, you are relaxed, but, but like you've been in this like go, go, go with this, you know, very important people. So we're just chatting here, just, just friends. Um, first of all, did you, you took a week off last week. Yeah which for you, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal, yeah. How was that? It was amazing, thank you for asking that. It was my first, it, I, I feel bad saying this because I'm so like pro mental health, but it was my first week off ever that wasn't between Christmas and New Year's. Um, I highly recommend if, if, if you can. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were still some work things that came up that I definitely had to deal with that I could see like, okay, like this is on deadline or, or whatever. Um, so it was good. I, I'm, I'm not quite as refreshed as I want to be, but I'm, I'm getting there. Were you able to like, just really put off the phones and put off the screen? No, it, it really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I didn't check Slack. Um, I was monitoring my email. Like I said, there were a couple, a few paperwork things that had to be turned in this week. Um, so right. I was trying to do that, but um, I didn't even put up an out of office reply, which felt kind of amazing. I, I think it was like a slower week for everyone though. It was such a like, the election felt like a holiday and then Saturday was so wild when everyone yeah. got the results. So I think like people were, I don't know, hungover or chilling or something. Definitely. Definitely. Well, glad you had a week off and you recharged. Um, yes. So let's talk about, I voted really quickly and then we'll talk a little bit about your background, but kind of let's, let's get that uh, big out of the way. Obviously, you know, what's some of the feedback that you've gotten from the festival in the days after, like, uh, you know, yeah. press was raving. What's some of the feedback you've got? Definitely. Um, you know, people just really loved the quality of artists. 
um, we booked it for the data. So a lot of times it would be, you know, like artists from Florida that are big there or artists from Wisconsin. I'm, I'm from Wisconsin originally. So I, I knew a lot of the Wisconsin artists that are great because people are listening to them and we can see that in the new data, but you know, the national industry might not have heard of them as much. So yeah, yeah it's like our team really pointed out like, wow, this is really also a music discovery event. And again, it's like, it's yes. what fans are listening to. So um, there is a bagpipe band called Red Hot Chili Pipers um, that are a top streaming Not, not peppers, pipers, right? right. <laughs> yes, it wasn't a typo. Yeah, so they're a top streaming act in Wisconsin. I know this because my mom goes to see them every year at Irish Fest and raves about them to me. So cool. all year I had to hear from, you know, colleagues or whatever being like, oh, there's a typo on your website. I'm like, no, this is a top streaming act in Wisconsin. To be totally honest, we had them last on the Wisconsin stage because their footage had been um, released before and it was kind of long. They, out of 500 artists, they were the number 23 most watched artists. Unbelievable. I voted. So that, again, that's the interesting thing about booking for the data is like, I'm like, I'm telling you, like moms in Wisconsin go wild for these guys. So. Definitely. What, what else did you find from the data that jumped out you? You know, anything else that just jumps at you right now? I mean, again, and maybe we live in kind of a genre, genre-less world, but like everyone was really good. You know, so it's just like, I might not know a ton about like hard rock or something, but I'm like, whoa, I can tell this is a really well-written song. Or, and I saw yeah. too, like the artists really brought it in general. Like I was so yes. moved by the performances. Yes, um, I agree. So yeah, just, just really proud of them for sure. I love it. I love it, Emily. Um, so obviously George is coming up, but I want to talk to you about 2022. I know it sounds crazy, but that is also going to be quicker than we think. I would imagine that we're going to have a hybrid, right? Of like online with actual arenas or stages with people in them. What's, you know, your first thoughts when you're, because I know you're thinking about it because you're, you're obviously your brain is there. What are some of your little ideas for 2022? Yeah. And again, like we'll see what the world looks like, but right. it, it looks like what we think it'll look like. Um, you're exactly right. It'll definitely be a hybrid model. So we can do sold out, I voted shows in person the way we did normally in 2018. And then we can webcast that to activate even more fans um, for voter turnout, both in the US and, and worldwide. So yeah, it's like the, the pivot that we did under the pandemic um, will definitely allow us to reach, it certainly allowed us to reach more fans this year and it's gonna allow us to reach uh, even more fans in 2022 and beyond. Well, Emily, you're onto something here. I don't know what, but there's <laughs> no, no, there's something like humongously huge here, like what you're doing, but we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, I want to talk to you about your career a little bit. It's fascinating. Uh, you're such a, I really, I really mean this, like much respect to you. I mean, you began your journey at Northwestern University in Boston. You know, you, you started with experiences in uh, Powderfinger Promotions, you know, WCNFM uh, and Scope Magazine, for example. But I want to talk to you about a little transformational moment, right? One of those moments. And it's one night in your college campus, uh, the Dresden Dolls. Yeah. They, come to, they come to school, right? Um, you know, the, the, the group, uh, it's a duo from formed in 2000. They come and at the merch table after the show, you approach them and, and kind of like uh, the rest is history, right? Can you tell us about it? Yeah, definitely. So um, the Dresden Dolls, I actually went to Northeastern University. Northeastern, my bad. Apologies. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, so they were playing at our little non-alcoholic club on campus and for non-pandemic times it's called after hours and it I mean it did that I think it still does it pays artists really well so you know keep that in mind when you're routing and booking tours 
Um, so yeah, the Dresden Dolls were a local band uh, in Boston, but they were definitely a local band on the rise. And I'd seen them play a couple times at the Boston Music Awards and um, probably at the Paradise. And I thought they were amazing. Um, so I was really nervous, um, but I introduced myself to the singer, Amanda Palmer at the merch table. And I said, you know, I'm interning at the places you just mentioned and I'm studying music business. Let me know if you ever need help with anything. And Amanda's like, can you come over tomorrow? <laughs> so again, like that was an internship that turned, I became like their merch person, their tour manager, their day-to-day -day manager, their manager. Um, the day I graduated college, uh, I didn't walk because we were uh, at Coachella starting like a four continent tour with Nine Inch Nails. Beautiful. So again, that's an internship, an opportunity that was never posted, you know, never advertised. Um, so yeah, sometimes you just have to reach out and ask. Yeah. Definitely. Did you always have this like entrepreneurial spirit, Emily, when you were like a young, a young girl in Wisconsin, were you like, you know, doing the lemonade stand, negotiating the lemons, like just were you always like, you know, with this mindset? Really good question. Um, on one hand, I don't think so. Like I was a complete music junkie, but my parents are, this might sound weird, but uh, my parents are really brilliant swim coaches that have always founded and ran their own teams and done you know, the marketing, the business, the, like, you're not really supposed to recruit, but, you know, like getting kids into the program and stuff. So, right. um, yeah, I definitely learned a ton from them. And then I, 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 I would write stories when I was a kid and I would say that I wanted to be an author, which is weird because I didn't actually set out to be an author as an adult. I just felt an inherent need to get this information out to people. That's, that's fascinating. Cool. Cool. So you were a music junkie, of course. Yeah, I would, I'd imagine that that was the day. Um, also, t tell us, Emily, a little bit about this. You know, everyone remembers like when Radiohead did that In Rainbows album model. I, I forget what year it was. It must have been over 10 years ago now. And that everyone could kind of pay their own price. I remember I paid $9.99. I paid like 10 bucks. Uh, but you kind of like were the originator of this concept, right? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there were multiple people that had that idea. You know, when, when there's a good idea, usually there's more than one person thinking yeah. about it. But, um, yeah, so it was around, I, I would say it's 2007, 2006, somewhere Already, in that range. Yeah. And so technology-wise, we were like um, instant messaging zip folders back and forth of albums. Yeah. Um, and I, <laughs> so I was doing merch for the Dresden Dolls. I think I was at the Middle East in Boston. I, I like remember that pretty clearly. And someone came up to Amanda and just gave her a check for like $300 and said, and said, I just want to support you and your art. And like, that might sound pretty common now, but that was not common in 2007 or whatever. No. And so I was yeah. sitting there like, okay, Amanda has her first solo album coming out. Mm -hmm. um, and this is again, the iTunes era. So people were paying like $9.99 for albums. And I was like, why are we limiting ourselves to $9.99 if this guy's going to give Amanda a check for $300? Why can't yeah. we put her album up as a zip file? I knew the label would never let us do it. Um, but charge like like a museum, like a suggested donation, because what if someone wants to give a hundred or or whatever? And now we're in like the streaming era, right? Where those dollars matter even yeah. more. So I, I brought the plan to both of my bosses. Um, one was like, this is awesome, let's get on a call right away. The other was to like Bob, to Bob Ezrin, right? But it got to it got to Bob eventually, yeah. But these were the two bosses I was working for at a management company, and the other boss was like, "This will never work. Go back to working on your bands." Uh, so kind of <laughs> like building it in my spare time. Again, legally, I knew the label would never let us do it anyway. But um, right. I was going to bed one night, uh, picked up my BlackBerry, and Bob Lexett could send an email saying, "Click this," which sounds like spam, and it was Radiohead in, in rainbows, as, as you exactly described. And my naysaying boss's favorite band was Radiohead. 
Mm. So I, when I went to work the next day, he was like, Radiohead stole your idea. Like that, I think that was his acknowledgement of like, okay, maybe it wasn't such a bad idea. But like I said, I, I think there was like some jazz artists also doing name your own price stuff. So there are definitely, you know, people out there doing it. Um, but Radiohead certainly um, made us all aware of it. That's kind of flattering, right? Okay, it's like if someone's going to steal your idea, may as well be Tom York, right? Definitely. And then, and then my mentor and boss, Mike Luba, passed that along to Bob Ezrin, who produced Pink Floyd's The Wall and a million other things. And they were all moving to Miami to be a part of Live Nation Artists. And then um, Bob ended up hiring me. So that's where that piece ties in. I love it. I love it. That, that's a great story. Wow. Um, I also want to ask you about, uh, okay, so... I can go in different directions here, but like you're very involved in a lot of, um, you know, stuff, not only I voted, but like future of music, cash music, you know, the David Lynch foundation, uh, just a lot of things like for the well-being of the parts of music that people don't see. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, I guess the question Emily would be like, you know, what, uh, why do you think that like the music industry right now is, like, is it, it, there's so many changes going on. Like, how do you like keep, keep a float of it? Like, how do you keep a step above when iTunes is like, we're old fucks if we're doing iTunes now. And next week, there's going to be a new platform. Like, is this part of it? Yeah, well, I, I just keep trying stuff. But I mm-hmm. also have like kind of, uh, I have like very, I have like a foundation of principles, which is, you know, like, tech companies are the most valuable companies in the world because they have all our data, right? Email addresses, phone numbers, right. who we are. And as musicians and music industry people, we tend to just give that data away to Spotify or Facebook or MySpace or Friendster, if people remember that. So it's really important that artists collect um, email addresses, uh, mobile phone numbers, and know where their fans are so you can yeah. communicate directly. Um, these you know, tech platforms are gonna come and go. But, you know, as an artist, like I, I've always built businesses around the artists and take, taking care of fans a very close second. So that's how you do that as everything else shifts and come, comes and goes. I mean, definitely like participate in those shifts, right? Like you want to be on Twitter and Instagram, just like you wanted to be on MySpace back in the day. But those platforms are just going to continue to evolve as um, technology and us as users and consumers all evolve. Definitely. I wonder what you think when you hear the stories of people like, you know, Linda Ronstadt or the band in the 60s and 70s that kind of like did not make nearly as much money as they could have, but like nearly enough because of all these models that were created by the labels to just screw over artists. What do you, you know? Can we get all of those people in to speak at every conference and to every student I ever come across? Because you're exactly right. And many of those models still exist. And I meet a lot of 19, 20 year olds that have no problem just signing all their rights away. And I'm like, all these great artists that you just mentioned, plus Prince, you know, writing Slave on his face. And right. you know, Jackson was really outspoken about um, recording rights and, and master recording ownership. It's like, you've been warned by all these great artists. Um, but I think that's why I do um, embrace things like uh, cash music, which, which just shut down. I feel like they were a little ahead of their time with direct to fan, but um, yeah, that's why I've always loved things like cash though and, and loved future of music because um, yeah, we see so much opportunity in technology in the modern era for artists um, and, and we're always going to fight for that. Amazing. Amazing, Emily. So generous with your time. Let me ask you a couple more questions. One of them about mental health. Uh, the reason why I ask you about mental health is, you know, one of your great roles is you are a great manager for many artists and we've all been cooped up at home. And, um, you know, not only do you have to take care of your mental health, Emily, 
and your boyfriends, I suppose, or whatever, but also your client's mental health. Yeah. Uh, how do you kind of like touch on these waters and, you know, make sure that everyone is okay? Yeah, I mean, I think we do that no matter what, whether it's a pandemic or not. Um, I'm really fortunate um, at this stage of life and, and in my career that I just have like really clear open communication channels with all of the talent we work with. Um, everyone was so supportive of I Voted this year. They're like, go work on that. And um, on one hand, we had day-to-day -day managers and, and other people, you know, working with them. But on the other hand, like those day-to-day -day managers were also working on I Voted. Um, so yeah, it's like, you know, we check in. Um, regularly like we do and you know pandemic or not and and they tell us right like we you know I, we have an artist right now that I mean I'm hearing this more from our day-to-day -day manager but I can feel it it's like she just needs a break right now right like she needs she needs some self-care time and she's been putting out music all year she's feeling a little burned out that's fine there's nothing yeah. wrong with that that happens to all of us so um we we really support that and um yeah anytime yeah I have another client that just told me they're in therapy, they're going on yoga retreat, you know, so we've, we always have a really open dialogue. About those things. That's great. That's great. That's great. Um, okay. I want to ask you about lastly about touring. Uh, what, how do you see the future of touring as like, I know there was talk last week about, uh, you know, Ticketmaster maybe giving us like some sort of ID cards about vaccination. Like what, how, how do you think touring is going to look like and when? Yeah. Well, to me, the real concert industry news is, you know, any sort of like, Incredible in-depth vaccine article, which I'm actually totally behind on reading, but um, that's how I answer that question. You know, like pay attention to when the vaccine will be, you know, distributed. And yeah, I, I saw those um, stories as well, and I think that's brilliant. You know, um, you know, you mentioned my boyfriend. Like he doesn't live in New York. He comes here like once a month, and he has to get a COVID test. You know, before he comes, he needs to have that email. He needs to show the state of New York. It's not that hard. So I don't think it's that hard to show proof, you know, via email, you know, that you got a COVID test and then Live Nation and Ticketmaster has you in their system and then you can start going to see you too again. <laughs> well played, well played. Cool, cool, Emily. Well, listen, uh, I mean, it's been such a treat to have you. You have such a packed schedule, a lot going on. Uh, you know, you were the cover girl for Polestar magazine recently. So you are definitely a very important piece in the music industry puzzle. And it's it's been it's been great to connect with you these past couple of weeks and months. Yeah, thank you for your support and kind words and, and all the great um things you did to spread the word on I voted. We really appreciate it. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, Emily. Stay in touch and uh, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Uh, have, have a great weekend and a great holiday. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. <laughs>